You're listening to an episode of the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 107th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you like today's episode, be sure to leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at Olver International. Today I'll be discussing the sometimes elusive, sometimes daunting, but always worth it path to self-love. I'm sharing some information from my book, Choosing Me Now, which is about developing a healthy, satisfying relationship with ourselves. This is the one relationship that we will carry with us throughout our entire lives. So if we get this one right, it will definitely increase the likelihood that we will have other need-satisfying relationships with others. I've just spent a day doing training with a group of people who seem to have a common theme. They all talked about being their own worst critic. Can you relate to that? I surely can. I feel like I'm always beating myself up in my head. At least I used to be beating myself up in my head. I don't know about you, but when you love someone, you don't beat them up verbally. You don't tell them what a jerk they are, how stupid they must be, how could they make such dumb mistakes, all of the things that we may have going on inside of our own heads. Think about how you care for the people and the things that you love. If you have a prized possession, for example, my grandsons just took first place in a wrestling tournament, and I'm sure their first place trophy will be one of their prized possessions. I don't think my daughter-in-law is going to have to worry about doing the dusting of those trophies that my grandsons have. I believe that they are going to take very good care of them, polish them up. It's something that has a big meaning and representation to them. And I believe that they're going to take care of it. They're going to sit it on a shelf somewhere. They're going to look at it and they're going to make sure that that particular item is taken care of. When you love yourself, you do the same thing. You know how to create boundaries to allow the time you need to rejuvenate yourself. That's an important piece of loving yourself. There's some enemies of self-love. You may be able to recognize yourself in some of these. We already talked about self-criticism. It's really hard to love someone that you're criticizing all the time. And the person that you're criticizing definitely is not feeling loved. Perfectionism is an enemy of self-love. If you have the expectation that you are going to do everything in your life perfectly, you will never measure up to that standard and you'll always feel like you're not good enough, like there's something wrong with you because you aren't able to achieve your goals that you've set for yourself without realizing that these goals are completely unrealistic. Another thing that can get in the way of us loving ourselves is a lack of knowledge about ourselves or a plethora of knowledge from other people about ourselves. What this really boils down to is the question, do I really know who I am at my essence, at my core? What are the things that I like? What are the things that I don't like? What's special about me? What do I have to offer the world to make the world a better place? And if you don't know the answers to those questions, I believe you just haven't gotten to know yourself well enough yet. And you may have a lot of noise, either it's 
become noise in your head or it's noise from people around you that's telling you who you are. The problem is they're telling you from their perspective. They're not telling you from your own perspective and you're accepting their information as if it were your own instead of taking the time to think, does that fit for me? Is that something that's true for me? When you're a child, it's really hard to tune out those other voices, especially the voices of the people who are in charge of caring for us. We believe them. We think they're telling the truth when they say some hurtful things to us or even completely inane pieces of information that aren't meant to be hurtful at all, but we take it to heart and it becomes a part of us that doesn't really belong there. It wasn't meant for us. But because someone we cared about made an assessment, we just accepted it. So it's time, if you don't have the knowledge you need, it's time to start looking at those things that you believe about yourself and question them. Where do these ideas come from? How do I know that it's true? Is that something that I believe about myself? And if it isn't, can I let it go? Can I find the truth of who I am? Sometimes those voices lead to a low self-worth. We just don't think that we're good enough. We think that we don't deserve to be successful, that we don't deserve to be happy. And certainly if you're going to devalue yourself, it's going to be really hard for you to love yourself. You might feel sorry for yourself, but pity is not the same as love. We need to love the person that we are. Another enemy of self-love is comparison. When you look at yourself and you compare to someone else who's on a totally different path, who started in a different place than you did, who has different motivation than you, it's an unfair comparison. Comparing leads to feelings of deficit. Sometimes we can feel good if we compare and we think that we're better than other people, but the goal isn't to be better than other people. The goal, the true goal, is to be better ourselves than we were yesterday. Have I become a better person today? Did I do something that matters today? It's not about did I do as much as someone else. And I was struggling with my own relationship with myself. I didn't even really recognize that I had one, mainly because I wasn't taking care of myself like I loved me. I was working myself into the ground. I was not exercising. I wasn't eating healthy. There were so many things that I wasn't doing well. I wasn't sleeping well. I just felt like I was in service to others and I didn't take the time. There was too much to do to take the time to prioritize me. It felt selfish. And then I thought about what would it take to build a loving, caring relationship with myself? And believe me, it's a work in progress. I don't know that anybody ever gets to that perfect love with ourself. It's a path. It's something that we aspire to do for the rest of our lives. And I'm on that path. I couldn't figure out how to communicate what I was thinking around the topic of self-love. And then I realized what's the most important thing to me. And that is choice theory. I learned it when I was 27 years old and I've been practicing it my entire life. So it is my belief system. It's what I think is true. It's what guides my decisions and what helps me view the world from the perception that I have. And I realized that if I look at choice theory 
and the idea of how to develop relationships, there are two things in the choice theory world that helped me. One is thinking about the seven caring relationship habits that Dr. Glasser wrote about. He talked about listening, supporting, encouraging, trusting, respecting, accepting, and negotiating differences as the caring relationship habits. So if you're going to have a good relationship with yourself, you need to use those relationship habits with yourself, in your mind, in your inner dialogue with yourself. You need to be listening to that small voice inside of us that is speaking from the divine. It's the voice that tells us who we are and what we're really here to do. We need to support ourselves and encourage ourselves to take the next step towards what it is we're supposed to be doing, to realize our potential. And yes, it's going to scare us sometimes. It might even terrify you. But as Lisa Nichols said, if you have goals that don't scare you, you're not thinking big enough. We need to be courageous and you can't be courageous without fear. Courage comes from facing your fear and doing it anyway. I also thought about the basic needs of choice theory. There are five of them. And when you are forming a relationship with someone else, getting to know them, what you're really doing is you're assessing their value to you as a need-satisfying person. No one can satisfy all of our needs all the time. That's not anybody's job but our own. It's our job to satisfy our needs. But when we get into relationship with certain people, they make it easy for us to satisfy our needs rather than frustrating our ability to do that. In our relationship with ourselves, we need to look at the five basic needs and decide what in our lives do we need to do to become aligned with being a need-satisfying person for ourselves in all five of those areas. I'll go through the areas first, and then I'll tell you how I broke it down for myself. That doesn't mean it's going to be your personal breakdown. You may break it down a little bit differently. So the first need I want to talk about is the need for safety and security. This is not a very high need for me. I'm not someone who needs a lot of it, which may be evident in some of the areas that I struggle. Because it's not a high motivator for me, I have some challenges in this safety and security area. One of the areas I put under safety and security is our relationship with money. What are those subconscious and maybe conscious beliefs we have about money? There's certainly a lot of expressions that we may have learned as children, like money is the root of all evil, or my parents used to say, what do you think? Money grows on trees, or the idea that people who have money are selfish or not very nice. I had some of those ideas in my head, and I found myself in deep credit card debt at one point. And in order to get clear with myself in my relationship with money, I had to dig myself out of that hole of credit card debt because it's really hard to love yourself every time you get a credit card bill and you're reminded of how much money you owe and all the interest you're paying to be able to carry that debt. So that was a big accomplishment of mine, was getting out of debt with credit card companies. I also look at the relationship you have with your body under safety and security. Your body is the space that you're inhabiting on this earth. You're a divine being living in a finite body, and it's going to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. How you treat your body has to do with how well you love your body. If you love yourself, and by extension, love your body, 
you are going to exercise it. You're going to move every day because moving is important. It's how you keep your body strong and flexible and endurant. You also feed your body healthy foods. You wouldn't feed your body junk because that is not a loving act. You also make sure that you get enough rest to rejuvenate yourself. So this is under relationship with your body. When you're thinking about relationship with your health, health is how you maintain that body as well. So you want to think about what is your relationship with health and what are you doing to manage that relationship and to help yourself become healthier every day. The next need is the need for connection. And under this need, I talk about your relationship with your sexuality, your relationship with your expectations. I think that expectations are the real relationship killer. We have expectations of other people. We necessarily don't share them with that person. We hold these expectations in our head as, of course, this is what's going to happen because this is what I believe about this relationship. But when we don't share it, and sometimes even when we do, the other person may not be obliged to give us what we want. So our expectations are often dashed. We have disappointments. And when we have our expectations crushed, we tend to feel a certain way towards that other person. We need to look at our expectations and decide that expectations of others is not something I should have. I want to let others be who they are, support them, applaud them. And when what they are is something that's painful to me, I need to draw some boundaries and move away from that. And also we have a relationship with the concept of love. And what does that look like? For me, there are so many layers of love. I've been spending time in this last third of my life contemplating the agape kind of love, the spiritual love, the love that I know I was born from into and that inhabits a large part of my being. I am love and I walk through the world as if I am love and I have so much love bursting from me that I can share it with others. And that's the person that I really want to be. The next need is the need for significance. A lot of this stems around choice theory for me. The first one is your relationship with control. We all want to control the people and things around us to be favorable for us. This makes a lot of sense. However, it's not always possible. The only person's behavior I can control is my own, but I spend my day trying to control everyone else's. This is definitely a recipe for frustration. We also need a relationship with our inherent value and worth. And I propose that we all have equal value and worth simply by the fact that we are inhabiting this planet. Because of the fact that we're here and we exist, we have the same value and worth. I think about a doctor who does surgery has the same value and worth as the person who sterilizes his or her instruments. We all have a part to play. And if we play it well, then we're moving into what is our passion. Our passion is that purpose. Those special gifts and unique abilities that we have that are to be put in service of others. When we find that and we serve others, we're living in our passion. I feel very sad that some people never come to realize their passion. They think that life is supposed to be hard that they're supposed to get up and go to this drudgery of a job and just keep doing something that they don't like over and over and over. 
And maybe that could be your passion because maybe your purpose is to show future generations who they don't want to be. But I think that we all have unique skills and abilities that we are supposed to revel in. We're supposed to enjoy life. We're supposed to find these things that we love to do and find a way to monetize them so that we can live and pay our bills. But it's work that we would do for free that never feels like work. It's just the joy of being able to contribute. The next need I like to look at is the need for freedom. When I think of the need for freedom, I think of three things. The three things that come to mind for me is being free with your environment. It's an interactive kind of thing. It's about having space in your life, a place that actually exists where you feel safe, where you feel free to be yourself, where you feel like your home. This could actually be your home. It could be a room in your house. It might be a corner of a room. It could be the shed out back or the garage. It might be a special place in the woods. It could be on the beach. But there needs to be a place in your environment that you have ready access to that you feel at home. If you don't have that, you need to create it. Also, we need a relationship with our self-created misery. And I believe that 99% of all misery in our lives is, in fact, self-created. You might think that's bad news, but it's really good news because once you recognize that you're creating it, then you can learn how to stop creating misery and to start creating joy instead. Wouldn't that be great? The biggest piece here is to gain control of the thoughts that you have that are leading to your misery. When you can change your thoughts, you can change your life. Freedom also speaks to the relationship we have with the ability to be ourselves. Do we live with people in a work setting where we can actually be ourselves? Are we free enough to express the person that we really are? When we are, we feel good. When we have to hide parts of ourselves to fit into a particular environment we want to belong to, it can cause us not to feel free. And the last need is the need for joy. Joy is a need from the time we're born till the time we die. It consists of three different ways of experiencing joy. One is our relationship with play. We know how to play from the time we're born. It's the first way we experience joy. It's learning how to take delight in things around us. We also need to have a relationship with relaxation. If you love yourself, you need to give yourself rejuvenation time. You need time to relax and rebuild and rejuvenate so that you can keep living in ecstasy, living in your passion, doing the things that you were meant to do. And the last one under joy is discovery learning. If you remember the last time you learned something significant or important in your life, I'm going to guess that you had great joy doing so. Because whenever we discover something important that's going to help us with something that's important, we experience joy. This is just a basic outline of what it's like, what the path to loving yourself can be like. I encourage anyone listening to this podcast to create your own path. But use those five basic needs as your structure and ask yourself, what are the areas within this particular need that I need to address so that I can be more need satisfying to myself? And as you take leaps and bounds or tiny baby steps, it doesn't matter. As long as you're pointed in the direction of a better, healthier relationship with yourself, 
you will slowly but surely tick off the things that are most important to you in those five areas, and you will become a need-satisfying person to yourself. And when you do, you are going to love yourself. And when you love yourself, you're going to take care of yourself. And that is the goal of a happy, healthy relationship. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. I also hope you'll join me next week when I'll be interviewing dating expert, Dr. Vic, about the joys and challenges of dating. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.